I'm Suzanne Schmidt. If you want a perfect example of a bell curve, you need look no further than the middle school chorus. Because on one end, on the high end, you have kids that can really sing and love to sing. And on the low end, you have kids that can't sing and love to sing. <laughs> but the majority of that curve lies right in the center, which are kids that can kind of sing, but think they're too cool to learn the words. Now, before you judge me for my participation in this middle category, I want to let you know that in 1970, there were very few choices for girls in public school. There was typing, and I didn't think computers was really going to take a hold in the way that it did. <laughs> and then there was home ec, and I'd been asked not to return to that class following the souffle explosion. So here I was in middle school chorus, and pretty early in, I realized I've got to come up with a strategy. And so I invented what is now widely known as the reverbial delay method. And this was that I would pair myself up with a kid on the high end and wait for him to sing his note. And then I would jump in right behind him. Oh, oh, say, say, can, can you, you, see, see? And I felt like this added enormous depth to the choir. And even the chorus director who really wanted me to learn the words, at one point, one of the girls said, she's cheating. And he said, it's middle school chorus. <laughs> so this method worked perfectly for two full seasons until O. Tannenbaum was on the program. Now, the performance went great because it turns out the reverbial delay method is multilinguistic. So by the end of two seasons, I could sing in nine different languages, including Swahili and Latin. But my German grandmother was in the audience. And at the end of the performance, we went back to her house and she said, oh, Susan, that was lovely. Please sing that again. My brother who was there said, yes, please do sing that again. I think we all like to hear it. So I started out strong. Oh, Tannenbaum, oh, Tannenbaum. Hab kein Delado Hosen. Now my dad, who spent most of my childhood sort of going, what is happening? Who are these children following me around? Decided this is the moment he's gonna dial into his parenting. And he leans over and he says, I just wanna clarify what I think I heard you sing. <laughs> oh Christmas tree, oh Christmas tree, I have no traditional German pants. <laughs> these were the four words I knew in German and I'd strung them together into a sentence. Now luckily my grandmother had started to lose her hearing and luckily also my mother was there and she always had my back. And my mother said, let's sing Edelweiss because we all know the words for that. And this was the song that reminded us when we had picked up my grandmother when she came back from Germany for the only trip that she had made back. And she brought with her in her coat sleeve smuggled across three countries a tiny little sprig of what she called Wulblumen. Edelweiss, and she planted this in the back garden and she cultivated it over a lifetime. And in the summers, when we were done with the chores, we would lay back on this amazing bed of beautiful flowers and she would tell me all of the stories about growing up in Germany. And she told me how she came to this country and that in 1920, when her mother died of tuberculosis, her stepmother put her on a boat in a, with all of her belongings in a steamer trunk and sent her to Ellis Island. She knew, knew no one, she spoke no English, and she restarted her life.
When my grandmother died in 1993, my brother and I cleaned out her house, and we found that trunk in her closet. And inside the trunk was a package that had never been opened, and the postmark said Mulocker, Germany. And the date was 1983, 10 years before she had died. Why did she keep this package? We wanted to respect the fact that she didn't want to open this. That lasted about nine seconds. <laughs> we just ripped that apart. And inside the package was some letters in German that I couldn't really read because there was no line that said, I have no German pants. And some pictures of people we didn't know. And on the back of one of the pictures, it said Adolf Kling, her eldest brother. And it was a picture of him in a Nazi uniform. The air got sucked out of the room. And for that moment, we thought, how is this possible? How has she never told us this? Did she know? She must have known. I think that was the moment that I realized, if you want an example of a perfect bell curve, you need look no further than your own lives. Because on one end, the things we get from our families are amazing. And if we cultivate them, we can pass them down for generations. And on the other end, there are dark, shameful, horrible secrets. But most of our lives live solidly in the middle of that curve, where we are just humming along, hoping no one realizes we don't know the words. <laughs>